Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! we call a sack lunch it's time for the Soonerscoop.com post game show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts now here's your road crew Carrie, Eddie and Bob wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game Welcome back. It is the Eskridge Lexus post-game show, the last of the regular season, the championship season. Congratulations to the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, Big 12 champions once again, six times in a row. Uh, they win it over Iowa State today uh, in uh, hand-wringing fashion. Uh, is they're able to hold off, uh, and even though the offense didn't really do a whole lot in the second half, they win it 27-21. Uh, and a nail-biter at the end, but Trey Brown once again comes up with a huge play to seal the victory uh, for the Sooners. And boy, that defensive line got their money's worth today because uh, uh, they were all over Brock Purdy all day long. Three interceptions on the net, on the day for Purdy. Spencer Rattler had nothing. Yes, Lincoln Riley was conservative as a play caller. Uh, and he was also conservative with his decisions. A lot of punting today. Reese Munchchow punted seven times today. That has to be a career high. I haven't even looked that up. But uh, anyway, we welcome in Eddie Radosevich. Bob Prisbillo is getting the hell out of Arlington uh, to head back home to wife and kids. So uh, Eddie and I are here for the Eskridge Lexus postgame wrap-up show. Uh, and Eddie, boy, what did we see today? It was... Uh, <laughs> it makes you wonder exactly what you watched at times. That game was definitely had multiple parts to it. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, a little bit improbable, if you will, as far as the way that uh, this entire season has gone. Uh, and for, you know, an Oklahoma defense to kind of make a statement yet again in a, in a big setting like that and uh, to get a couple more turnovers uh, when they really needed them, you know, the one in, early in the game in the red zone uh, in, on Trey Norwood's interception. And then for Trey Brown to kind of, uh, seal the deal late with the uh, the game-winning interception. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's kind of uh, the way that this thing was supposed to be. Both of those guys have been through uh, just a little bit of everything as far as what Oklahoma has done defensively, both the highs and the lows. And, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, just a uh, incredible uh, kind of an into a, you know, I guess a quote-unquote the regular portion of the season, and we'll see where they go bowling. But, it was, uh, you know, it was a really good football game. And, you know, credit to Iowa State. That's a that's a really well-coached team, obviously. Uh, you know, Matt Campbell, they have uh, they kind of have a, a special little something going on in Ames. But, uh, you know, overall, just six consecutive, that's unprecedented uh, for this team. And, you know, I, I think we talked about it on the U40. We might have even talked about it last week. 
uh, or you know, on the on the last post game podcast, just as far as for this team to get to a championship after the one and two or the zero and two start in conference play, uh, a hell of a coaching job. And you know, I, I'm sure we're going to get into it, Kerry, uh, as far as what the hell was going off on offensively, but. At the same time, uh, it, it's hard to uh, sit here and bitch and complain about Oklahoma winning their sixth consecutive uh, Big 12 title. It's, uh, it was uh, an interesting season, I think is probably the, the, the best way to say it. For whatever reason, this offense really comes out of the gate. They've done it against everybody. They did it again today. Uh, they got a 14-point lead. Should have been even bigger in the game. Burkich misses a 36 field goal until he comes back and hits a 54-yard field goal, uh, which is a story in and of itself. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, early in the game, they were they were a team that seemed to have all the answers. Spencer Rattler was spreading the football around. He started out, I think he started at 8 of 8. I don't, I don't know if he went 9 of 9, but I knew he was 10 of 11 at some point. So uh, he was dialed in. He even got luck on his side a little. He should have thrown an interception. One time it bounces up in the air, and Marvin Mims comes down with it. Uh, and he was making some throws, though, man, in that first half. He was he is not afraid to throw that into triple coverage colliding on a receiver. Like, he did that multiple more, times today. A little bit more confidence when you got Jaden Hazelwood on the other end of it than maybe some other guys. But, yeah, you're right. I like, I like, And I think Riley even said it after the game. I, I tweeted it midway through the second quarter. I was – I don't know. Am I – is it weird to say, Kerry, that I was a little surprised just how comfortable – Spencer Rattler was in the first and second quarters just for the fact that they were coming off of that long uh, layoff, not having not played last week against West Virginia. Uh, they sputtered a little bit in the uh, the home regular season finale against Baylor, and you didn't really know what to expect. And then they come out, and all of a sudden it's 14 to nothing. It could have been 21 to nothing, 17 to nothing, and things were kind of humming right along. And then all of a sudden they just hit this wall. And, you know, I, listen – do they get conservative play calling wise when they get a big lead? Yeah, I think everybody kind of knows that. It's 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 almost I don't even know if it's a characteristic. It's just what it is of Lincoln Riley and the way that he calls a game. But I mean, come on, people, let's 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 pump the brakes in talking about OU needs to go hire an offensive coordinator or <laughs> OU needs to uh, like I mean, my God, we're you're you're a year removed from historically great offenses. And I think people forget, and I, I even thought it was a little bit of a surprise myself that, you know, after they lost in in uh, Ames on October 3rd, they averaged 46 points a game. I know that the last two outings weren't the sexiest in putting up 27-point performances, but my God, people, just be happy. I mean, if there's one criticism, it's not Lincoln Riley's play calling. Uh, it, the criticism that hurt Oklahoma today, and I mean, play calling hurt them, sure, but... That's really execution, and, and I think I have more of an issue with Lincoln, Lincoln uh, giving Ramondre Stevenson like three carries halfway through the fourth quarter uh, sure. in the second half. Like, he just, that was kind of typical Lincoln. That's what he always battles is, you know, running the football, and uh, they never got Ramondre Stevenson started, and to me, that remains an offensive line issue. Like, We've seen this happen the last two years. Like, oh, you got to the playoff, and then you realize, okay, Swenson really wasn't the answer. Uh, so, like, why does it... It takes them playing even better competition before, like, putting Chris Murray in for Tyrese Robinson. Like, 
that's been brewing all year long. Tyrese Robinson has not had a great year. And, you know, Eric Swenson was fine, but at the same time, you probably have someone more talented than Anton Harrison. Well, you definitely have someone more talented in Anton Harrison, even though he's young. It's like Bill Beadbo kind of needs to develop a little bit of that Alex Grinch rotation mentality. Like, okay, we're going to play these guys, these young guys, and get them up to where they can be effective for us so I can yank guys like Tyrese Robinson or I could yank a guy like Marquise Hayes if he was getting all the penalties he was, the personal fouls early in the season. He's kind of cut that out. Uh, but again, I mean, you know, I go back to this. I talked about this this morning before, uh, doing my pregame show. Like, Creed Humphrey, uh, you know, he was the offensive lineman of the year, but I don't think you can find one OU fan that said, oh, yeah, he lived up to his potential this year. Yeah, he had a rough year. I was a little surprised. And, I, you know, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll get into the uh, the postseason awards and the comments from Lincoln Riley here in a little bit. But it's like almost, you know, I think a lot of the coaches at least might have just thrown names out there that seem to be the biggest names in the uh, up for the award or whatever. But it just it, it, it's really strange. And, you know, as a whole, Oklahoma, they underachieved a little bit on the offensive line this year. And they were yeah. able to move the ball and still produce. Uh, you know, a seemingly pretty damn good offense despite all of that. So it's, uh, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I'm not definitely not concerned. Like, I, I think that they'll be able to figure out at some point. And it was kind of interesting that Harrison and uh, and even Chris Murray got in there on the final drive. And Murray had a really nice block on one of the Ramondre Stevenson runs there in the late in the fourth quarter before you had to settle for a field goal. I don't know. Like, you want a good rotation up there. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that, we, we've all heard it from Bill time and time again, just as far as building continuity up there. Uh, I, you know, I guess that's maybe a problem if you're still trying to build continuity in what the ninth game of the year. But uh, for the most part, like you look up in the first half, I think oh, you averaged eight yards, a eight yards of play. Yeah, and then no. all of a sudden in, 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 in the second and the, in particularly the third quarter, they just could not get anything going. It seemed like, it seemed like that they had had a flashback to what, they did up in Ames uh, back on October 3rd, where all of a sudden you look up and it's second and 11 because you lost a yard on first down or third and, you know, third and nine or third and 10. And it, it's hard to move the sticks that way. Well, you get you get sacked on third down, taking you out of field goal range. Then you have to punt instead of getting three there. And, uh, you know, Spencer, at, I, I mean, it was just like they never, after halftime, I go back to my biggest complaint about Lincoln today. It was... They never, it's like if Ramondre Stevenson gets the ball on first down and it doesn't go anywhere, it's like, okay, we're giving up on that for a while. But yet yeah. he doesn't give up on letting Spencer Rattler throw the ball into triple coverage on third and nine. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you, you just, you you can't be that way. I mean, you've got to believe in your, your run game. you got to believe in your offensive line. And like that last drive when they ended up kicking the field goal instead of going for it or, you know, setting up a trying at least to make it a two play, you know, a fourth down try. Yeah, I, I thought that that would have been the play to go with. I was shocked that they tried to throw it into the end zone to Hazelwood there. I thought I figured you run the ball here twice. You run out the you pick up a first down run out the clock games over. You don't even have to go through all the BS that they did uh, there on the Iowa State final possession. I was I was shocked, actually that that's not what they tried to do. Yeah, and I could see the other side of it, though, is like, you know, you make them go for a touchdown. You don't let sure. them get sure. a field goal. So I I could kind of identify with that a little bit. But at the same time, 
I'm not, you know, they've got timeouts. And if you run it on third down, they've got to use a timeout instead of an incompletion in the end zone that ended up yeah, happening. No doubt. No doubt. It was, um, I don't know. You know, Kerry, I think it, I think often too, <laughs> I tweeted it and got a lot of hell for it, but Lincoln Riley's greatest achievement since he's arrived at Oklahoma might be the fact that Oklahoma fans now feel like they need, they should be scoring every single possession. And that's, we, I know we said it during the, the, the Kyler and the Baker years as far as this is not normal what Oklahoma's doing offensively. Right. And they've gone through some they've gone through some growing pains this year. And when you think about particularly here over the end of the back back end of the schedule when you don't have probably your go-to target in Austin Stogner, which I think Braden Willis has had a really nice uh had some huge uh, plays there in the fourth quarter. He had some really big grabs here over the last couple of weeks when Oklahoma's needed to move the sticks. I would imagine that most of his grabs have come on third down. Um, you, you, you basically didn't have a season of Hazelwood because of the obvious, uh, you know, with him kind of coming into the lineup and then, and then missing, uh, what was that? The, the Baylor or the Kansas game. So they, they, they battled through some, you know, I, I, I think some, some really big hiccups that a lot of other programs, if they were put into that situation, probably for sure, not playing in Arlington today by any means. Yeah. I mean. They started 0-2 in the conference. It was unprecedented yeah. that they even lost two games in a row. And, and then you look at, like, statistically and offensively, it's like <laughs> they still led the conference in, in offense. And this is, quote-unquote, a down year. By the way, the, the other thing about today is you would think, if you weren't looking at the stat sheets right now, that, oh, you had about seven sacks on Brockport. They had three. Now, yeah. they did have six quarterback hurries, uh, but... That was the most, for a team that only gave up, what was it, 10 sacks coming in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brock Purdy was running for his life all day. And for a while there, the only offense they had was Brock Purdy pulling it down and running it. And then, I'll tell you what, Hutchinson is a hell of a receiver. He is one hell of a player. He's really good. How many times was... uh, How many... I, was, I had to burp. Excuse me. Uh, how many times was like Perry on Winfrey in the backfield today and just didn't get a, like didn't even get a hand on Purdy? Uh, well, he did his face mask that one time. Well, uh, yeah, he got a he got a full hand on that. He almost decapitated him. But and then like, I, and then Deshaun I, White I, pulling the guy's helmet off on that last drive. Oh my god! If 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 Iowa State scores a touchdown there. I thought that that was the play that you can't give up. You couldn't give up the 15 yards there, like a big chunk play for them to be able to start taking shots further down the field. And, you know, credit to credit to that front seven, because I, I think everybody noticed that they were getting gassed up front. Uh, they were tired. I mean, they were they were on the field basically the entire second half and to finally get a little bit of pressure, uh, you know, Benito there on the rover uh, on the final interception. That was all about Oklahoma's defensive line and putting pressure on Purdy to try and make a play. So yeah, they hit his arm. The, I mean, all in all, it was uh, defensively. I still, it's pretty damn amazing to watch this defense flying around and then remember where this group was even two years ago. I mean, it's just it's night and day difference. And it's another, you know, it's another thing like you know, you see Trey Norwood starting over Buki, and you're like we've been saying that for a long time, that that's what you should do. Like, and it worked fantastically. And I mean, Buki played a lot, but he was still, uh, essentially a role player out there. 
but I, I'll say this. Um, the most impressive thing that might have even been more impressive than the pass rush was limiting Brees Hall. I mean, he could do nothing today. Ends up with, what, 79 yards, I believe? Uh, yes, 23 carries for, what was it? Oh, I had it right here. 23 carries uh, for 23 79 carries, 70, yards. 79 yards, two touchdowns, an average of 3-4 carry. I yeah. mean, and... Longest you know, run I, of the day was 15 yards. Brock Purdy had a longer run than he did. I thought, uh, I thought, and Dallin Turner Yell saved one because oh, yeah. he, he kind of caught him up. I thought Turner Yell played pretty damn well today, too. He did. Uh, I mean, they just, they, they didn't miss any tackles today. And it was, uh, it was just a dominant, eh, I, I, I don't know about dominant, but it was a very solid uh, defensive performance out of uh, Alex Grinch's group. They, they, they really started to play well towards the end of the year. And, you know, one thing that we left out, uh, that probably should have been the first thing we talked about, the kickoff returns by Trey Brown today. Just fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, that's why Louisiana beat Iowa State early in season because was it three kicks they returned in that game? And Trey uh, Brown. Was it the was it the kick return and then they had a, uh, what, what was it, a, uh, oh, did they have a punt return, I think, maybe? Yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah, and, and not not only just the the uh, his ability to return the kicks – it was at the moments that they yeah. came, yeah. like changing the momentum right before halftime, uh, getting OU right back in it after Iowa State had scored, and then uh, obviously there at the end. But it was—I mean, he—he was—he was solid. He was—he was unbelievable. He has a knack for making the big play in the Big Twelve Championship game, going all the way back to uh, you know obviously the 2018 safety against Texas, and then uh, running uh, down the Baylor kid last year to save a touchdown, and uh, then his play today was phenomenal. And, of course, Marvin Mims was fantastic. Uh, lead, led all receivers, seven catches, 101 yards, uh, 15 yards uh, after the catch. Uh, well, uh, okay, that's just total. Uh, long of 45, and that was the touchdown, uh, which was very much needed. And that was the biggest play of the day, uh, just from a scoring perspective. Uh, it was really the only explosive kind of time they got out and just burnt that Iowa State defense. But... Yeah, I mean, it was just everybody played really, really well. And it was good to see, almost good to see Trajan Bridges catch a touchdown pass. Oh, my God. Twitter would have, if that would have been his only reception this season, uh, that would have been amazing. And and it was close. It was so close. I mean, that was a good ball from Rattler. Uh, I I mean, I, I, I thought Rattler was excellent today. He was absolutely flawless there for for. Uh, you know, a, a good amount of the first half. I thought he was excellent. Well, and you know, now I know everybody says, well, what happens now? I mean, Clemson is killing Notre Dame. I don't know if it's, that would be enough to knock them out of the playoff. Uh, but what do you do with Ohio State? They just get by thanks to who? Trey Sermon, who had like 300 what yards rushing day. today. My God. He was, it was, li I, I, I was flipping back and forth in between that and the OU game and, Every time I flipped it on it, he looked like Samaje Pirine against Kansas. Nobody was touching him for 10, 15 yards at a time. That's just amazing. Good for him, though. That's, but, uh, that was, that's, cool, that's cool to see. I, I think you have to question whether Ohio State should be in. I mean, they oh, struggled I mean, mightily in that game. Justin Fields played terrible. 
it is going to be super interesting to see what they do. And, you know, I think obviously A&M is going to feel like they have, oh they have uh, every right to get in. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, congratulations on beating a really terrible division. Uh, I know that they were pounding their chest about meeting, beating the mighty Tennessee Volunteers today. Uh, it'll be interesting come 11 noon, whatever time that show starts on Sunday. I mean, so you have a chance in this thing? I mean, A&M, you look at their record. And who they beaten? It's only Florida. My immediate reaction is not just a no, but a hell no. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess crazier things have happened, but I think that this is I, and I, you know, right or wrong, I think there will be a little bit of Oklahoma fatigue, just as far as uh, because they weren't in that quote unquote top tier going into this weekend. I don't know if. Although, do you Beating think? Iowa do you State. think? Like, you, if they would have, if they would have just blown out Iowa State, I would be more open to the conversation. I still have a hard time thinking this committee will make the move and kick Notre Dame out. Yeah, it, here's the only reason I think OU might have a chance. It's because that committee has spent the last four years shredding Oklahoma for their defense. Sure, and making that a reason why. You know, they shouldn't be included. So now that the defense is actually better than the offense, does that give them a chance? That's my only question. That would be something. I just don't think it'll happen. I no, we'll I don't see, either. But and you know, the, the funny Alabama's got to kill guess, Florida tonight too. So yeah, and if okay, so if Oklahoma say that they're not in the college football playoff, which I think is it's fair to say they're, they need they. They're, they're a long shot to get in. Cotton Bowl versus Florida. Is that probably what you're looking at if Florida gets beat by Alabama tonight? Oh, I'd love to see that. Well, Kyle Trask I just wouldn't want to see A&M Walmart getting beat. Defense. I wouldn't want to see A&M getting in. Because it seemed like uh, A&M might be going to a New Year's Six Bowl if they don't get in. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I guess maybe A&M would take that spot. OU A&M in the Cotton Bowl would be pretty damn sexy. For a lot of people around here. Oh, man. About 12th man in Edmond. You Fuck could him. shut him up. I hate him For so a much. very, very long time. I blocked him, so I don't know. No, it's got to too. be too much. I, it was like a, it became a, like a mental health issue. Yeah. The guy's insane. The guy's insane. No, I've we'll done that, that more I, and more lately. I was, I was pretty surprised that, uh, I guess I can't say surprised, but. Clemson just came out and kicked the shit out of Notre Dame in the first half. It was uh, kind of over before it even began. They got Trevor Lawrence, and they're healthy. I Clemson mean, looks the, damn good. That was just I, I mean, that was just such a good Big Twelve championship game. I mean, yeah, it was a great game. That has to be the best, right? Oh, and I mean, how can we go? How can we go this long? How can we go twenty three minutes so far without mentioning Matt Campbell? absolutely losing it. That was disturbing. I mean, look, and he had every right to be upset that they, I get it. Like, they we, didn't call. We've been, games, we've been at games, Carrie, where you go, we watch something and you go, oh, that looked like it was a lot closer than it really was. And then, you know, you might talk to somebody that's back at home watching it on television and they say, yeah, it was, it was the right call. I didn't touch him. Like, I was surprised that nobody came and said that and even if they did i almost think it was like more of a 
like a mental warfare. I'm gonna, I'm fighting for my team right now type thing. Yeah, but it went way know. over the line. I oh, mean, yeah. he went insane, like lost his <laughs> mind. I've, I mean, I know Mike Stoops has lost his mind. Yeah, you know, I know Bob Stoops. I know that thing with Tom Herman fighting with Mike Gundy. It, it, I've never seen a guy go after officials like that and then not get flagged for it. It was crazy. It was crazy, and it was the right call, right? Like, oh, you they they jumped for sure, but but they got they should have snapped the ball. Yeah, yeah, you got to snap the ball. And here's the like, other thing: everybody's going on and on about the hit that got uh, Ashim, uh, what's his name, thrown out of the the ball game. Oh yeah, he. I don't care if it was the shoulder pad. He almost took Drake Stoops' head off as he was falling backwards. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible situation. Is it targeting? No, it's not. But he's defenseless, and it's the letter of the law. I mean, that's that's why they have the penalty there. That's why they have the rule there. It, it's a, it's a shitty thing that you have to stay away from if you're a defensive back. And I, I hate I, I do I hate those me. on both sides where a guy is falling down and his momentum takes you into a guy's helmet or shoulder or whatever. But that's just one of those things like you just got to be smart. I mean, he was he was down going down to the ground. You just got to pull up knowing that he's going down. Hell, I thought I thought the uh the no targeting call on Marvin Mims on the punt return when the long snapper hit him. Yeah. That was almost more targeting by the letter of the law. No, I agree. But then, I don't know, we see those replays all the time and you think it's targeting and it's not. And I'm just like, what the hell? I don't understand the rule, yeah. obviously. Sure. But it was, it was a, just that, such it was a hell of a game, though. Like that's all you—that's what you want in a in a title game, is it not? I mean, like down to the wire, down to the final possession. Guys making big plays when it matters the most. Uh, that was, I I I was fairly entertained today. I'd probably be saying the same thing if OU got beat too. Yeah, I think it's just you're not going to get OU fans. Uh, I mean, th- there's a result that only you know some fans will handle, and that would have been. OU putting the you know foot on the gas pedal and just scoring at will every time they touch the ball in the second, which didn't happen. Yeah. Well, there's just and I you know I I think that we've talked about this before, but uh, you know right or wrong, and you know I think every everybody inside the Oklahoma football program would tell you differently, but there's a general thought amongst the fan base that uh, you know winning a Big Twelve is just kind of is what it is. It's not even really celebrated that much by a certain segment of the fan base because it's almost expected. And, you know, I, when expectations are a high at a program like OU, that, that's understandable to a certain extent, but it's kind of like what Riley said after the game, just as far as, like... You started out 0-2. You started out 0-2. Have some perspective. Like, yeah, this this year could have gone really... There was a point this year where someone asked Lincoln Riley in the middle of the season if he was playing for next year, if he was, yeah. you know... Uh, like, and they did all this during a pandemic in which you didn't know who was going to be in, who was going to be out each week. Like, with a brand new I, quarterback. I like this is one of the most improbable Oklahoma Big 12 championships out of the bunch. Like, it's it's almost kind of insane. There's no way that they should have been in this thing. The thing about it is, though, this is a really good team, though, at the end of it. Like, you know, when, when OU won it with Paul Thompson at quarterback, they did it a different way. They just, they became a completely different team. They ran the ball. They were big and physical, great offensive line. Uh, they played defense, but they they were kind of like Iowa State, you know, in, in how they played, the pace of what they played. 
And then they went, they they got beat by Boise. And that, I mean, that's probably the greatest Boise team that's ever existed and maybe Bob Stoops' weakest uh, Big 12 champion. I don't think there's any question. That was not, that was his least talented Big 12 championship team. Yeah. Oh, and it took, I mean, my God. I mean, I guess, obviously, Marcus Walker has to pick off the ball to even be put in that position, but it also took uh, maybe one of the greatest endings in the history of a college football game to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this was this was a team, they weren't just scrapping to get by. They were a really good team at the end of the year. And they beat, I mean, let's, let's uh, the Kansas State loss still, I, I have no idea how to explain how that happened or why it happened, but that is so fluky. It can't be said. You they lost to Iowa State for a reason. They weren't the better team that night. They 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 didn't play well on defense. They gave up too many big plays. Brees Hall just took it at them. Uh, tonight they were more physical, although Iowa State's really physical. Uh, they were just better on both sides of the ball, except for I would say that uh, the receiver now I've, his name is escaping me. Hutchinson. Hutchinson is like the one guy you're like, yeah, he could play for OU. And obviously, Charlie, Charlie Kohler is a guy that anybody would love to have. Uh, sure. But the better quarterback was Spencer Rattler. The better yes. running back, even though he's not, obviously. I mean, but Ramondre Stevenson was the better running back tonight. And that has to do with yeah. defense and all that stuff. Uh, but... I. I mean, they found Braden Willis. They found uh, Ramondre Stevenson in the end. They they got a big play from Jaden Hazelwood that really mattered. I mean, Marvin Mims was fantastic. Theo Weiss, you know, didn't really flash tonight for the first time in a long time. Uh, and he had some opportunities, but didn't make, you know, any big catches. Uh, and, you know, outside of that, the offensive line was a little bit better, but nothing to write home about. It's just, I mean, on defense is where the difference was. Oklahoma was so much better up front than any other unit on that field, offensively or defensively. That was the difference. Yeah, they they held the Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year. I I mean, they shut him down. I, eighty, you end the game with what was it? Eighty nine, seventy nine yards. yards. Yeah. I mean, my God, I mean, that's that's exactly what you. He'd what never you not want. run that's for exactly ninety in a game. I think it was. I mean, we're OU is almost a year and a half removed from giving up 40 points and almost 300 yards to Puka Williams. And that's not a, that's not a hit on Puka Williams, but it's just kind of a sign of where this thing was. And I, I like, if you look big picture at this thing, and I think that there's a lot of people that have been saying this and it's not news to anybody that's listening to this or, you know, that listens to the U40 or anything like that. It's like for OU to still be on top after a season like this, like watch out there the next couple of years you should not have just expectations to win the big 12 you should have very real expectations to compete for a national title and you're somewhat in that conversation in a year that you took a step you were supposed to take a step back yeah you're supposed to not be as good you weren't supposed to have a historically good offense and you end up still with the best uh, offense in the league and a offense that is ranked in the top, you know, 20 in the country. Like it's okay to have a one, one out season where you, you take a little bit of a step back and like Oklahoma step back was still winning a big 12 title. And <laughs> I mean, there's, there's just not a lot of places that can say that 
I, if I'm a, you know, a fan of a Texas or a Oklahoma state or wherever, Iowa state for that matter. Cause I think that, you know, as long as Matt Campbell's there, they're going to be in the conversation. Like it's almost a, a hopeless feeling and a helpless feeling. Like, I don't know what it's going to take to knock OU off of the, of this conference. And, you know, I guess that opens the conversation is the big 12 good, yada, 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 whatever you want to say. It's just, it kind of is what it is. Well, and I didn't want to, you know, really waste uh, my questions tonight on the future. I figure we'll have time to do that. I mean, think about this, Eddie. They're playing bowl games Monday. It's when it yeah. starts. I mean, yeah. this game is usually December 7th. It's now December 19th. Uh, I mean, the Cod Bowl is, is December 30th. So you're basically a little bit more than a game week if they get announced to go to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, and then you're playing football again. So, you know, today I I really wanted to get in the question about the All-Big 12 team because everybody was talking about it, uh, and the players were obviously tweeting about it, and I wondered how Lincoln Riley took it. So uh, let me play that. Uh, here's Lincoln Riley after the game. Lincoln, I want to ask you about it because all the fans were talking about it. Your players were talking about it. Um, what were your thoughts when you first saw the All-Big 12 team? Um, was there some disappointment? Was there anger? Did you think maybe there was some gamesmanship involved there? I'm glad they did it. Um, whoever did it, I need to. I need to send them a little a gift basket. Uh, well, it's all the other coaches, right? Uh, it was. I, I appreciate all those guys. No, it was. Uh, now, yeah, we were. It's not why we do it, but we were pissed. Uh, disappointed for our players because we had some guys that no doubt should have been on that. And I mean, if you looked all Big Twelve team, it's amazing we won a game. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that's. Uh, you know, I know it was a weird year, and you know some guys didn't play some games and this and that. But yeah, you got the best defense in the league here that doesn't have one guy on the first team. Uh, that we, we we missed the boat there. But you know what? End of the day, you give us a choice between all Big Twelve teams and, and this trophy. I know what each one of us in that room will choose, and uh, I, I know the kind of players we have in there. And there's a there's a lot of first team all league and even more players in that locker room right now. And see, Eddie, I. I kind of thought about it a lot more. And I'm wondering, like, if that is not the only thing that coaches have left to use as negative recruiting against Oklahoma is just to not put their players on the first team. Like, oh, because this is a conspiracy job. Is this like a, uh, a I, I think job there's, by the rest of the Big 12? I think there's some jealousy among the coaches. Like, the last thing that they want is for Oklahoma to get good on defense. Because, sure. like, if that happens. They, they've already been screwed. But if Oklahoma gets good on defense, I mean, nobody has a chance. So I, I think they just didn't want to recognize Because, like, you recognize that Oklahoma has all these people. Like, yeah, put nine players from Iowa State on the first team. Guess what? They're not, you know, kids from Texas that we're going to recruit. They're just they're guys that they find off of the street. I mean... Like, if Oklahoma is now dominating the all-league team and winning, like, they're, like why give them something else to, to, you know, use for marketing purposes in all their recruiting? Sure. I just, I just kind of think that that's a little bit of a factor. Because the that's same about, went for Oklahoma State, too. Yeah. That's about as smug as you'll hear uh, Lincoln Riley after a... After a game like that, and even Alex Grinch said said as much uh, during his post game session as well. It just, I think it surprised everybody. I, I think we talked about it on the U forty on Thursday. It, it was like, what am I? What are we missing here? 
Isaiah Thomas has been phenomenal this year. And, you know, I'm definitely in the group of, like, it's really not that big of a deal. But it's a big deal to Isaiah Thomas. He worked his ass off. It's a big deal to the kids. Yeah, the guy. he deserves to be... He deserves to be rewarded for all the blood, sweat, tears, and all the bullshit that they had to go through. I mean, I think that we we got so wrapped up in this idea of, of, of having the season, and once the season got going, it was like everything was fine. Like, they've still, like, the players, the coaches, the families, everybody have made such a huge sacrifice to even get to where we are now. I mean, it sucks. And, you know, it, it's funny that you said uh, about the bowl game stuff, Carrie. I was thinking after the game, it's like, Everybody should just take their masks off and have like just a nice like just have a breath for a second on a on a on out on the field and it's like you can't really do that like you gotta gotta stay stay with it you got a game coming up in a couple weeks yeah it's pretty I mean it's and that's probably a good thing because the last thing you want is you know having to quarantine kids for another month waiting for oh, a bowl sure. game to play um, sure. I mean like Lincoln said when I asked him last week he's like. What does a bowl game look like to you? He said a road game. So, I mean, they're going to play one more game. It's going to come pretty quick. And then they're going to get to live kind of normalized. But Alex Grinch was like, yeah, we got winter conditioning coming up. <laughs> I was like, damn. What'd you make of uh, the mid-game report that he's going to be yeah. interviewing for the Arizona job? I think it would be a huge mistake. Uh, we've seen coaches uh, take that job. You and I, have, the, what I think is weird about this, the state of Arizona and football, you and I took a drive to Tucson just because we wanted to go to their campus and see the football stadium and all that stuff. Uh, is the University of Arizona the only main university that their campus is more like the Aggie school than it is the, the main campus? Like Arizona State. Like the flagship... Yeah, like uh, Arizona State the, has it all, man. University. I mean, there's there's Ohio State, obviously. But, yeah, like, why would you go to Arizona instead of Arizona State? Oh, man. And it's be a, in Tempe. I, mean, and, I don't want to judge an entire city just based off of what we saw when we drove through, but I could probably do without getting down to Tucson, Arizona ever again. Tucson's a little bit of a hellhole. I yeah. was shocked and by that. Not to mention, and the campus a, was beautiful, but the rest of the town was just like, man, that's not even like a, Stillwater good. It's a bad football program too. I think that at the end of the day, like you stay around Oklahoma, and especially if if you can talk a couple guys into coming back, and I know that we'll be talking about that here in the months to come, in the weeks to come. But like you come back, you do it again with this defense. And I think you know you come out of twenty twenty one thinking if you're Alex Grinch you could really have a nice setup somewhere if you yeah, uh yeah. if you're able to if you're able to replicate what you did this year. I, I, I Yeah, I think I, the fact that Oklahoma, I mean, depending on what happens when who with who comes back, but they could be seriously in the running as a top two team going into next year. And if their defense is still humming and even getting better, Alex Gritch is going to get a much better job than Arizona. Arizona it just kills coaches' careers. Yeah. It's a coach killer of a job. That's a job that, I, I don't know. It's like, I think that's a job that, I, I don't want to say Alex Grinch is too good for the universe, for Arizona, but at the same time, Alex Grinch is too good for Arizona. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm riding on a little bit of a high, but like he <laughs> don't take that job, Alex Grinch. Do not take that job. No, I would tell him the same thing. Do not do it. It. I. I you know who else would probably tell him the same thing? He could call Mike Stoops. He could call Kevin Sumlin. Either one of those guys probably tell him the same thing. He can do much, much better. Probably Rich Rodriguez would tell him the same thing too. Yeah, no doubt. Unless he gave him the number to his secretary. <laughs> Uh, let's do this real quick. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. Right, uh, the Eskridge Lexus player of the game brought to you by Eskridge Lexus uh, in Oklahoma City at Eskridge. Uh, uh, and the boys always uh, repping Sooner Scoop and uh, sponsoring the post-game show. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, all the 2021s are now in at Eskridge Lexus. So uh, go check it out. A lot of great new features in some of the cars. Uh, not as much driving this year, but, you know, we got to take the new ES out. And it's just a fantastic car. Uh and, uh, you know, the RXs we've driven before, uh, the LSs, the big sedans, those are fantastic. They've got a lot of new gadgets and toys in there. Uh, the cruise control, to me, is so much better than it's ever been with the radar detection and all that. Uh, but go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com, uh, and uh, tell them that you are a scooper, that you listen to the Scoop podcast or you remember SoonerScoop.com. And even though uh, they've got the December to Remember sales event on, you can get even better deals as a Scoop subscriber and a Scoop podcast listener. Uh, so, yeah, December to Remember sales event going on. So you know they've got good deals going, but go get you a better deal and uh, let them know that, uh, hey, I'm, I'm a Sooner Scooper. So uh, give me the better deal. And they will. So uh, EskridgeLexus.com, go check them out online, even if you're from out of state. Uh, probably worth your drive up, and uh, you're probably going to be around here anywhere anyway. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, just appreciate them. 405-755-9000 is the number. EskridgeLexus.com. Go check them out. Uh, so, Eddie, I'll just let you go first because I, 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 you can say that there's a lot of people, but I think there's only really one answer to this question, the Eskridge Lexus player of the game today. I think it's a no. It's it's almost a little bit of a no-brainer in my opinion. I'm, I'm going to go Trey Brown. Yes, I, that's, I it. That, that's it. That's like, it. That has to be the, it. The, the plays that he made in the special teams, the plays that, you know, the obvious play that he made uh, there at the end of the game, that's uh, that won him the game. And, you know, maybe right time, right place. But it's kind of funny that both interceptions that he had, the that one and then the one against Texas, fairly poorly thrown balls. But at the same time, you still got to make the play. So uh, And the you know, sack of Ellinger, you got to throw it in there, to, too. To Trey Brown for getting through all of what he has, too, because it's uh, he's had, you know, obviously, I, his, I think his history has been well documented as far as, uh, you know, losing his mother and then uh, just kind of going with the ups and downs of having to go through a new defense. A lot of people were ready to get rid of him. Uh, and, you know, just a job well done. Yeah. Uh, Trey Brown, you are our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. The kickoff returns. We'll send him the, uh, we'll send him the car. <laughs> no, we won't. Model. Uh, 116th scale. You can't drive it, though. No engine. Um yeah, so, I mean, moving on, tomorrow, the uh, college playoff show, uh, will the final rankings will come out. Clemson's definitely going to be in there. Uh, Alabama, 
I think win or lose, they're going to be in there. Sure. If they lose, though, it gets interesting. If they lose, I mean, Florida, there's going to be a lot of people that think Florida should be in. I am not one of those people. But should Florida be in above Ohio State if they win? It's a good question. Uh, the thing that sucks about Ohio State is I think Ohio State's probably one of the top four teams. It comes down to the games played scenario. On paper, they definitely yeah. are. Sure. And I mean, they did struggle a little bit today in the first half. They, you know, were able to kind of pull away from Northwestern, who I. The problem is Northwestern doesn't throw the ball in a way that challenges where Ohio State has problems, which is their secondary. Oh, that's a fact. I mean, there's no way. I don't think there's any way that Ohio State can beat Clemson or Alabama with Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence. Mm, I would agree. Devontae Smith annihilates them. Yes, I would agree with that. I mean, basically what I'm saying is it doesn't matter who's in the playoff because Clemson and... Alabama are playing for the title. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with that, too. I, I was a little surprised that Notre Dame just got so just... 34-10 is the final. Just pounded today. I mean, it it was quick, too. All of a sudden, I look up, I was, you know, in, during the postgame stuff, and uh, or during the Zoom, and it's like, all of a sudden, it's 21-3, to 3, just out of nowhere. And that was after it's Notre a, Dame. It's, it's a little... A field goal it's after, a, they, after they intercepted uh, Lawrence. They had they had the ball inside the Clemson red zone. And that's a little scary, because Notre Dame's a good team. I mean, I watched most of that North Carolina game. North Carolina's a good team. And Notre Dame pretty much bitch-slapped them in the second half. Yeah. I don't know if OU could beat Notre Dame. I think it'd be a really good game. I'd like to see OU play Ohio State. Well, we tried to have them scheduled a couple weeks ago, I know. right? Yeah. Last week. Need to hit up Kevin Wilson, see if they can figure that out. I already did. They weren't interested. <laughs> I, I will say, like, whoever Oklahoma plays in the Cotton Bowl or wherever they play, I, I think it's going to be the Cotton Bowl. That should be a pretty good game. That's going to be a game that the fan base should be excited about. It's going to be against a good SEC opponent, you would think. Yes. Uh, and if it's A&M, I'm down for A&M. I, I, if I could pick anybody, I think that that's the game that I would want to watch. I could just, I mean, to have for OU fans to have that fuel against Billy Lucci and 12th Man and Edmund... <laughs> I, I'm going to pray for that tonight when I go to bed. We, uh, yeah, that would be, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And at, at the Cotton Bowl where, you know, there's a little bit of history between the two schools as far as, uh, you know, the last time that they played down there and kind of the disaster that that was against Johnny, it would, uh, it'd be a lot of fun. Boy, that was not you, a Let good me night. ask you, do you think that, and this might be a stupid question, but do uh, you think there'd be anybody that opts out from Oklahoma not to play in a bowl game? I don't know. I, I mean, that's I'd I'd love to know. I don't think it would be Ronnie Perkins because he needs as many games as he possible, wants right? games on film. He's said that before. He needs as much film as he can get. Um, God, I don't know. I mean, 
I can't really, I can't, I don't really have a feel for that. I mean, it would be, it would have to be a surprise like Perry on Winfrey or something. By the way, did you notice Alex Grinch basically came out and said, yeah, you know, Perry on Winfrey comes back next year. He could be a really high draft pick. He was selling him. So I noticed that. And I also, two, th- I guess there's three things. I noticed that. I noticed, uh, you know, I would love to hear the pitch that they're going to tell some of these guys as far as, why you should come back to school. I mean, is there anybody, do you think on this team right now that they will just absolutely say, you got to go, you, you got to go now. Like does Ramondre Stevenson need more tape? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it, it's going to be fascinating. He didn't particularly dominate. He didn't particularly dominate the last couple of weeks. No, he didn't. And you know, how much is that on the offensive line and, and yeah. not being able to block up? I just it's going to be fascinating to see some of the decisions that are made here in the next couple of weeks. And then not to mention, he kind of broke the news on Twitter. And I don't know if maybe I just was a little surprised by how it was put out there. But Caleb Kelly tweeted that he'll be coming back next year. Yeah, or, I saw that, too. I guess insinuated he that he could be the only back. player not to official. could be the only player to win six rings is what he said. Yeah. Which, you know, I I again like <laughs> this defense was without some, some guys that they were going to count on going into the season. And for them to play at the level that they did, I think says a whole lot about the direction of where this thing is headed. I mean, people forget that Justin Harrington was basically a, a shoe in to start at one of the safety positions. Yeah. He didn't get a single snap from him. Well, and I think a lot of it, you know, if, if Alex Grinch did go to Arizona, I think that would change things for a lot of guys. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I almost kind of find it laughable. I, I don't think that there's any way that I maybe why do you interview for a job if you're not going to take it? I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, but Eddie, we have to also worry about if Lincoln Riley takes that Auburn job since he interviewed on Thursday. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? God, people, they know that they can throw anything out there and get attention. It's just it. It drives me insane. And in what world would somebody think that that is even plausible? Like, I, I, I want to know more. I want to get inside of the brain of somebody that reads that and says, I could see that happening. You don't have to. You could just go to the Crimson Corner. Yeah, that's, that's true. Everyone there just wants us to tell them something that they can cheer about. Yeah. They don't care if it's true. Uh, some, well, some, some care if it's true. Others don't. I mean, we gave they they got something to cheer about today, and people are just constantly bitching about Lincoln Riley play calling in the second half. It's like, be happy they won the they did they just won the Big Twelve championship. Like, yeah. there's there's other fish to fry here. There's there's more important things. They Th- won. That was the best team they played all year, and they won. I know it's just I people want more, and I get it. That's that's why people are fans. But it just. Uh, and and I'm not sticking up for Lincoln Riley in, in some of the play calling. Like, can he get better? Yes. I also tweeted this, Kerry. I think sometimes we forget Lincoln Riley's 37 years old. He's not. It's not like he's been doing this for 25 years. Yeah. He has room. He has room to improve just as much as uh, you know Spencer Rattler has room to improve over the course of a season. And I think that he made those steps. Guess who's coaching him? Lincoln Riley. Well, I, I look, I didn't have I thought some of the calls he made today when he decided to punt uh when uh Munchow <laughs> nailed it down to the one yard line when no one else was gonna nobody knew where the football was because they all bought the deke from the punt returner. Mm-hmm. Like that ended up changing 
the momentum of the game. Like, that was a good call. And normally, he would have, he probably would have gone for it right there. By the way, uh, alternates in the championship game again. That was interesting. Yeah, they need to figure out a way to burn all of those, but. They might that's have done an, it because they do it the last time. for another day. I, I just might, hate them. I hate the concept of them. I hate the look of them. Oh, you could do much better. It might have been because it was the last time they wore them and they didn't really get to wear them this year. Oh, maybe they need to. That needs to be the last time that they wore them. Although they've had success wearing them. Yeah, I. I mean, I thought that that Lincoln had said that they were only going to do it for that Texas game, and that was it. Oh, wearing them. Yeah, and then they wore them again. So he lied to us. He's a head coach. He can do that. All right, I think that's going to do it. Uh, Sooners win it. They are your Big 12 champions six times in a row now, but a much-needed 27-21 victory. Tomorrow, we will find out where the Sooners are going. Yes, they will announce the bigger bowls along with uh, the uh, the top four in the playoff. So you will find out OU's bowl destination tomorrow on Sunday, if you're listening to this today on Sunday then. Um, so probably the Cotton Bowl. That's 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 our best game. That's kind of been where they've been slotted for because the Sugar Bowl is part of the college football playoff this year. Um, so that's how that's going to work out. So, Eddie, I appreciate it as always. Absolutely, it's 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 wild that we got to the finish line. <laughs> I know that we had some doubts in uh, all the way back in May and June, but just for them to wow. be able to play and then have the season that they did was, uh, was a lot of fun. So now we move on to the bowl game and dream of what could be next year, at least until Lincoln, Lincoln Riley takes the Auburn job. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Eskridge Lexus podcast. Go check out Eskridge Lexus at EskridgeLexus.com. And until uh, the bowl game, we'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening to SoonerScoop.com podcasts.